folks, you're very welcome along to the LCC TTM Monday Night Show. Delighted, as always, to have Damien Harvey and Kevin Kelly with us. And there's a special guest tonight to discuss all things GEA and all things drone. We'll see you, Captain Matthew Donnelly. Matty, good to have you with us. Delighted to see you again. Thanks, Noel. Good to be back on. No doubt, uh, this time of the year of the work, I'm sure you're flat to the mat. And as uh, they say, we're talking about busy. They say a week is a long time in politics. It seems to be a long time with Tyrone GEA because this week we had uh, the launch of the All-Star nominees. They had the uh, finish of the, the Division 2 top scorers. We had our Tyrone representative, Mr. Sean Horson, down in Connacht, referee in the Connacht final, did a fine, fine job. Tyrone County Camogues lost in the last uh, Cup final. The Hurlers lost out in, in the Nicky Record Cup final uh, and lost out principally because Roma and Jerry Gilmore from Strabane, they hit 2-4. And in addition to that, we had the true story of the, the three managers, three Toronto managers, first of all, Art McCrory, who went through surgery, and hopefully he's on the mend and working very, very well. Jerry Moon, senior manager of the ladies team, and vacated his position. And of course, also, Nicky Hart, the story that seems to uh, continue to give, and what a story it was, all sorts of... Um, <coughs> background and and uh, various bits and pieces of information. I'm sure Maddie, like us, you were following it closely and at what stage did you become aware that the uh, that Mickey had to say that, that it was all over? I suppose in in my role and, and the relationship I developed with Mickey, I was obviously keeping in tabs with him and, and just obviously letting him know that I was there if any, any support was needed or if he needed anything on my behalf. And so I was, I was in regular, regular contact with Mickey from, from pretty much nearly every day after the Donegal game, you know, and, and so I seen, I was sort of well aware that the direction it was going and, and, you know, where, when, when he ultimately made his decision, you know, but um, obviously, Obviously, it was uh, it was something he deliberated long and hard over, and, and he he made the decision he felt was right. And I say whatever decision he was making, I had told him that I was going to support him. So, yeah, it was it was a uh, it was an interesting twelve days now. But um, I say you only have to see the reaction the reaction since he's since he's made the call uh, as to what a legacy he's left behind him. Kevin, we, we, we talked with him that day in, in uh, Val Buffet after the match. You guys were still t- t- changing Matty up at the, at the top of the, uh, the stand and Kevin and I met Mickey in the middle of the field. And we, had, we talked to him off the record, but it was quite clear, Kevin, to us at that stage that Mickey was, uh, there was no word of, of, of resignations or it was all about planning and, and moving ahead and looking, and looking at, uh, at next year already. Uh, certainly not, Noel. Um... As you say, the Travers were standing in the middle of the field um, in all the full conditions. I don't know how Matty and the boys played in it, but um, Mickey was already it, it mentioned about the few things that maybe went against Tyrone that day, a couple of calls, whatever, but uh, he definitely, um, he, 2021 was, was on his mind. There was, there was no no word of resignation or, or retirement. Um, no doubt he won't retire. I don't think uh, the GA can afford to lose him on like that. But um, as I say, things things can change uh, very very quickly. And as Matty says, I suppose Mickey at the end of the day, Mickey was the man that made the decision, and everything that he has done for Tyrone football and for the field, I suppose um, it, it was right that, that he he ultimately did get Mickey the decision. Yeah, and Matty, of course, he, he's known obviously uh, for his record with Tyrone and very much his involvement. But but the Mickey Hart story is much more than that. I mean, he touched so many lives and he's done so many things that people probably won't even know about or won't have any idea about. But he really is. There's much more to him than just the Mickey Hart, the football man, isn't there? There is, 100%. Even, I think, a lot of us will have, a lot of the players obviously have benefited from that. But even our wider circle, you know, I remember reaching out to him, uh, someone, someone of my own, you know, from school and that was was in need of help and and he extended his arms out to the to the wider circle like and helped them as well and things he got he he always took great pride on and it was something he actually prioritized you know was going out of his way to help others and that is obviously as I say we've all benefited from it as players but even our wider circle has as well. I mean you've obviously I mean 
who you're involved in the county board and all this. But you worked with him as as part of the, the back the backroom team back a number of years ago. I mean, I often think when when I listen to him, listen, and, and I heard, you know, he's still so it's impossible to speak about football for him that he can't he can't hide his passion. You can just sense it through, you know, and it must be uh, quite an impressive thing to be there in the changing room, Damien, and listen to the directions he gives, to the way that he speaks, and the way that he prepares, and the way that he deals with situations. Yeah, and I think um, probably the most impressive thing about Mickey Hart is the way in which he's able to articulate himself. People think this is a very um, you know complicated game, and it, it can be overcomplicated by the way people message, I suppose. But I think Matty would probably agree that you know any of his messaging to any and any of his conversations with players uh, prior to games um, in changing rooms and the message that he gives in the changing rooms is very it's just very simple. It's very straightforward, but it's very well thought out. And uh, it was a great deal of um, work into meticulously planning for an opposition. And when he goes about. Uh, you know, setting that all up and setting out the players that are to mark various players throughout the team. If they get a very simple message, and um, I suppose he places all his faith in the fact that he's the teams are prepared, they go out there to do a job, and um, you know, you can't argue with the fact that Troner in Division One, back where they, you know, the, and they've been there now for a number of years, they uh, they're in a position now to push on, and uh, you know, the fact that he had, he, he got to the promised land. Back in in uh, in two thousand and three and two thousand five two thousand eight, you know those are the that's the that's the legacy they leave behind. But again, I see you can't you can't help but uh, be impressed by the the way he does get 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 his message across to to the players down through those various teams. And I would say I don't know what it was like in in the in the in the 90s, but I know in the uh, in the 12, 11, 13, sorry, 12, 13, 14, then around those years, um, there were some huge games uh, and uh, big, big occasions. And uh, he's, he's a man that, uh, I say, got, got his message across very well. I no question of that. I mean, he is, he is, Manny, the great communicator. I and mean, when you listen to him speak, you know, as Damien says there, it's a very simple message, but the message is, is to the point and people come away from speaking to him, clearly understanding what it is that he's articulated. And knowing the job they have to do, I hundred uh, percent. I suppose that is. I suppose it comes from his teaching background, and and any great manager is is a good communicator, either verbally or, or visually. You just know what they're thinking, and you always knew what Mickey Hart was thinking at any any point in time. And I say, if you if you had a job, you were under no illusions as to to what was expected. Um, I suppose that is that is an attribute of great managers, and, and Mickey was obviously one of those. Hey, Kevin, you know when you talk about great managers and, and everything else, I mean a great manager now is a guy who lasts four or five years and wins a couple of trophies. But you know, but when you look back at Mickey's career and you see longevity, and not just the longevity, but the consistency uh, of career. You know, we talk about the three all ends, but there's so so much more to it. But it is. You know, it is some career of, of, of achievement and success. That's it, Noel. Like, you know, we started off with the minors and, and then the under 21s and then obviously the seniors. But I think he said himself too, like, you know, he, wa- he wants to go out and win every game. We've seen that ourselves in, in the change room with him there, a couple of the all-star games. Um, I think it was last year and more, we sort of had a half a team read out or wrote out and Mickey landed in and, he had the, t- the men and all in the right pos- in the se- whatever positions he wanted to play, so it just showed the, the amount of work he had went into to actually look at the, the players that are available to them. But listen, the, the last decade, I suppose we've we, uh, we've come up very, very, very close to, to winning the big one. But um, I have to say, in that time, Mickey's teams have have been um, been there, thereabouts all the time. Like, in, in fact, they actually got to more All Ireland semi-finals in the last decade than they did in the previous one when they won the three All Irelands and. You know, that's a sign of consistency as well. You, you know, you take the likes of Donegal there, who have been, uh, in terms of Ulster titles, have been the, uh, the the team of the decade in terms of Ulster titles. Like they're they're you know the hot favourites to win their their sixth in in ten years this weekend. And you know, for a county that only won five prior to that, you know they're actually going to overtake their haul in the in the last decade. But you know, it's, it's worth noting. Um, 
in the last seven years from from Donegal actually won the All Ireland in, in 2012. Out of uh, prior to this year, out of uh, the last seven years between them winning the All Ireland and this year, Tyrone actually went further in the championship on five of those five out of the seven years than Donegal on on one of the one of the, the two years that they didn't. Both teams were out in the quarter final stage. So, you know, in terms of Maybe it wasn't um, replicated with, with two Ulster titles. Could have had more, there's no doubt. But um, you know, the fact that Mickey was able to, and Matty and the rest of the players were able to get past uh, the disappointment of, of losing the Ulster Championship, they were able to regroup all the time and you know, be in the top three or four and, and come to the business end of the Championship all the time. And um, unfortunately, as I say, we just come up short on a couple of occasions. But I think that there is, is worth noting as regards or against what Mickey has achieved in terms of silverware, to to be able to put teams out on the field that can hold their own with the best teams in Ireland. He's, he's done that throughout his career. And, and hold their own against the best teams in Ireland, Kevin says, uh, Matty there. And when you think of looking this year, and uh, especially the way the league worked out, and I mean, let's be honest, there's a lot of people who were looking at those league fixtures, and many of them were of the opinion that Tyrone were going to face a huge battle to stay up. Now, as it turned out, there was a huge battle, but some massive, massive victories. And me, obviously, it was one they were expected to win, but it was a tough battle. But the the Dublin and the Kerry games were huge wins, but ultimately, it all came down last day in Castle Bar. And, uh, you know, whatever is it about throwing the Castle Bar and, and, and Mickey Hart's teams seemed to find was what's required uh, to, to, to stay in Division 1. Ah, uh, funny. He was. We were talking after that game. He said he'd never, he'd never lost a game in Castlebar. So it is a good stamping ground. But look, the we even as players and, and management, we obviously were extremely aware of the duty we had going down the road to to Castlebar. Like, uh, and even the whole logistics of it, we were traveling in, in your own car, and you didn't get to stop any of friending beat. You know, it was just. You were going down from the different parts of Tyrone or whatever, and you were going down to Castle Bar. But we were all going down with that mission was to keep Tyrone in, in Division One. And now, obviously, when you can reflect, you can you can appreciate how important it is to be in Division One, and it's good to have that to look forward to next year. And and I say it's a good, I suppose, on reflection, parting gift from Mickey as well, and that he's kept Tyrone at the top for so long, and it was so important to him for. Us as players, obviously, and for the for the county in general, for the health. So, Trones in Trones in good health there because of Mickey, and and the players are in a good place too to to kick on. Like, yeah, and Damien, there's no doubt about it that the Division One League football people talk about it's still it's league football, blah blah blah. Division One and One. If you want to build players, or you want to improve players, or you want to challenge players, that's the place you want to be challenging them. And there's nothing like. Taking on the top teams, and, and you know, if you want a serious run in the championship, you do need to in Division One in the league. No doubt about it, Noel. If you're going to be competing at the top table, you have to be at the top table from the start of the year, and that's playing league football in Division One against teams that are of a similar, you know, ability and teams that are going to push you every Sunday. Um, that you go out, but you know, I have to say one of the things you you know say about Mickey Hart in terms of you know. Even the way he was able to blood new players, um, like I recall 2012, I think it was in Killarney, um, that championship game against uh, Kerry, and uh, like he brought on a boy wing half back that really nobody had ever heard of, and thought you know, you know, he had a tough, tough evening down in Killarney. It was Ronan McEnroe that he played him at wing half back, and. You know, he had to, he had that great knack and try, trying to find a player. And running back to me, he got really, really tight that day against Paul Galvin. I think he was trying to trying to mark that day, and he got a really tough. But look at the character that built in and running back to me. Running back to me goes on and becomes an all star for Tyrone. Just shows that, um, just shows the you know the thought process of going in. You know, I've I've thrown I've thrown somebody you'd think as green as that into a championship atmosphere like that, but. You know, I think it was the making of Ronan McNamee. He, he stuck with him, and he, he stuck with the character. And um, now, you know, he's one of the first names on the, on the team sheet anytime you go out. Um, and it's that, it's that ability to go and find players and, and and put them into where they where they needed to be. And he's managed to do that over the last uh, say thirty years, really, um, right from the time he took over uh, the the minor team. And there'll be that argument that 
you know, and the quite right, you know, others in the county would make the argument that such and such should be on, and why didn't such and such get her on? Um, maybe we'll see that now, and maybe maybe that'll be, prove to be right or wrong over the next few years. But we'll see that you'll see that. But it, 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 I say that that ability to find a player and introduce him and make him a, a you know a, a linchpin in that's your own team. Um, I think that's one of the key legacies that he that he's left. Yeah, there are many many points we could, we could discuss and talk about. I was talking to a friend of mine earlier there, Matty from Longford, and uh, he was talking about uh, he, we named a couple of players who had won all in medals at twenty one and twenty three and twenty four, and who were gone and finishing away from the game altogether by the time they were twenty six, twenty seven. And uh, the lack of longevity was what he was looking at. Now he's trying to make the point that modern county footballers now in serious demands on them in terms of time and in terms of of uh, you know, just general commitment. You know, so it's almost a, like a full-time job. You know, it's one thing for the players to be that committed, but for Mickey Hart over 30 years to give the commitment that he has done to this, to our county and to Gillick Games is a, a massive, massive achievement. Unbelievable. You know, I've often remarked about the toughness of the man and the toughness of a spirit, like and the, the ability to endure Everything that he that he would encountered the last thirty years is is unbelievable, and especially, you know, we're talking as time went on, the the scrutiny on, on the intercounty game and and the social media and even just different crops of players, all of that stuff um, added up. You know, it, the job was only getting tougher, but as I say, he was he was able to endure it and and still produce quality teams and, and quality results and all all that is ease as well and um, what it looked like obviously from the outside but as I say it, it took serious substance and, and belief and principle on his behalf to, to endure that. Funny I was just looking back there the, the week after and Kevin and he just you, you pick up on this one the week after we lost Johnny Gall in the championship the the following four or five days in Irish usual was all about Mickey Hart, Mickey Hart, Mickey Hart, Mickey Hart. The happiest man in Ireland was Banty, because Banty didn't have one jersey <laughs> Team's performance. It was Mickey Hart, totally reflected all the all the uh, interest in Banty, and uh, he got away in the smoke uh, and, and the delighted man that he was. But Kevin, joking aside, the press, I mean, Brenton Crossan talked last week in his article about Mickey and, and how easy he was to work with and how easy he was back in 2003 when he first took over the job. And I mean, let's, let's be honest, as the years went on, his relationship with the press changed, Kevin, but he always managed to deal with them in a very pleasant and cooperative manner. That's the thing, you know, I suppose we, we were maybe ourselves a couple of occasions on the wrong side of things. Um, but the thing about it is, he, he, for, with us, he didn't hold any grudge. And he, he, you could talk to him and he'd explain why it was the case. And, Maybe only lasted for one game. It, it didn't last any longer. But I think as, as the years went on, I remember at the, at the start how easy it was. Go back in the noughties, you could have uh, back in those days. You were in the change rooms after all Ireland things, and things were totally different. You could could interview every player you wanted. But <clears throat> as Matty said there, that the scrutiny has changed so much in this last even few years there with social media and things like that. And I suppose. Uh, Mickey, like like all inter-county managers, have a duty bound probably to even protect the players. And you know, I know it's not easy there till um, even after even after wins. You know, till probably ask somebody to come out and, and talk to pilot dictaphones and cameras in front of you. Um, it's it's worse uh, when you, when you lose. But um, things definitely did did get harder in in recent times. But the thing about it is, he you know. Where he, he lost or won, Mickey never seemed to duck a question. Um, you know, he was always very good to us. He was always very obliging when it comes to doing interviews. And uh, that'll definitely be something that we'll, we're going to miss. But um, as I say, um, he's, you've seen him on yesterday on TV as well. He's, you know, the passion there, even for that game, he can, he can read a game, he can talk about the game. And as I said earlier on at the start, I don't think, you know, Mickey Mickey Hart is still a lot to not talk for the GEA and we're definitely we're definitely gonna hear a lot more about him going forward. But for the first time now in in um in three decades we're we're gonna be, you know, going into a county season next year with without Mickey Hart. Um 
in charge of any of the county teams unless, unless he, he goes down and takes the minors again or something like that. But um, it's just going to be strange. And I suppose it's, as you said there, there was a lot of uh, tributes there last week or the week, even the week after the uh, the Donegal game, a lot of talk about it. But um, it's gonna it's only going to intensify the next couple of weeks' scrutiny within Tyrone about uh, the possibilities of who's going to take up a, a, a task and they're really going to be big shoes to fill, Noel. Certainly, I'll agree with that. I suppose, uh, Matty, when you think about it, I mean, from a player's point of view, obviously you have no say in the management. I know that some, some people last week were saying the players should, should have a say in picking the manager. I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that, that that may necessarily be the, the, the way forward. But is this a time for players to, I suppose, be uneasy, be, be, be worried about how, how things might pan out, particularly some of the players who are the upper end of the that that uh, magic thirty mark, not your fortune. <laughs> much younger than that, of course. <laughs> just just outside it for now, but um, <clears throat> no, it is there. There's obviously for the first time, for certainly the first off season since I've been involved. There's there's obviously uncertainty as to what's around the corner, who's going to be there steering the ship and and obviously uh, I'd be in the same boat as every man. I it does it does put you on edge certainly and that you know you have to prove yourself again and and takes you out of your comfort zone. But in my mind that's that's a very good thing and a very positive thing. And you know this group of players, you know, on edge and and trying to prove themselves can only be a good thing. And yeah. Definitely, boys will definitely be sitting back, and they'll not be probably taking their traditional off-season approach. Not that we we have any the last few years, but certainly this year above all, um, you would you would want the you'd want to be on edge, eh? You want to be hitting the ground. Uh, I was just thinking, Murray. You know, Noel mentioned the fact that he, you know, he's maybe that biggest fan in the world of players having a say in the management. But I'm just wondering. Just from even in general terms, do you think it's worthwhile even consulting with players about the, you know, I suppose what they'd want to see in terms of a of a, a setup or a system or a, and just more in general terms of, of, of a county team going forward. Obviously, you know, Noel, you you played under various managers in the past, and um, I suppose, Matty, you've been there for a while. Surely you would have a, some sort of an input into that, or feel like that you would have an input into that. Not even so much the process of who it is, but what factors you'd like to see included in it. Definitely, I think there should be, and again, all everything in this situation should be dealt with objectively and impartially, and and I suppose discreetly in in a way as well. But there should be some sort of a forum where. I suppose senior players and young young players obviously can give feedback on on various things that they might like to see or they might think could be done better. But I'd say that's that's where it stop and and I'd say that's where you would need probably you know just uh, to broaden the I suppose broaden your your resources as to who you consult in and who you speak to. Like there's so much resource out there and so many models that you can learn from and and just educate yourself as to what a high performance setup should look like and and then obviously get the people or the right people in there that that uh, can create that but I think if you're if you get the right people in there organically the right environment will, will happen but definitely in terms of selecting individuals or saying we want him or or whatever it is, then then that's the interest ground from a player's perspective. But yeah, I think I think there's definitely value in consulting players as to to what they think a high performance setup would look like, and then even going elsewhere and, and just gathering as much information as you can, and then make a calculated decision. Mickey's he's always been a man who, who's who's been prepared to take risks and 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 do things differently. I mean, he, when you look back at two thousand three and see how the game, you know. I mean, Kerry were caught like a rabbit in the headlights in the, in the semi-final. That intensity, he brought a new state of play, the blanket defence, all the rest of it. But he, you know, he almost reinvented football to a certain extent. And he had this ability, didn't we mention earlier about bringing players and, and, and identifying guys 
who can do a job, giving them experience, not expecting miracles in the first two or three days out, but he knows they'll fit in. But he's also done that over the years with various coaches and various trainers and various men who have come on and done a job. And I suppose, Manny, there's a huge talent in that, but there's a risk as well, isn't there? There is. There is indeed. Um, I suppose he... He was good. He was good in that regard, certainly, and, and we got good value of it, obviously. And I suppose they got good value from from educating themselves. But yeah, we, I suppose it was just another way of of keeping things fresh as well, and and, and bringing new ideas. And I say, a lot of people, players and coaches, have benefited from from just working and being in close proximity to to Mickey. Well, tell me this, uh, Damien and if you two guys can get your head around this one for a minute. Um, if if uh, you, Jamie Kevin, obviously have been a journalist many, many years, I don't know how creative you are when it comes to writing fiction, but if you were to write a fiction piece of a man who took a team that had never won anything before and led them to the Holy Grail three times, uh, in that time uh, he lost his full back, he died to, uh, suddenly, his daughter died uh, <laughs> or on honeymoon, and a whole series of other things that have happened. If you were to write that book down, Kevin, a piece of fiction, I would say most publishers will probably reject, but the Mickey Hart story, the Mickey Hart life, has been something momentous really over the years. Well, no, well, first of all, you always tell me everything I read is nearly fiction, but <laughs> um, no, listen, you couldn't, you couldn't have, um, you couldn't have written the script when you, you know, you go back to even he said, I'm sorry, I remember being at that minor final in '91, uh, Tyrone. Uh, down, down won the Ulster senior final on after. I think they beat Donegal in the final, went on one all Ireland. But Rome were beat that day, I think, by Donegal in the Ulster minor final. And I remember Sean Teague playing at full back, he was outstanding. And, uh, you know, as Mickey said there himself, they, you know, they won an Ulster minor title then two years later. But they had to wait now four years to, to really get get over the, get to an all Ireland final. And, um, they were beaten, as far as I remember, by Fermanagh in 1996 in the, in the Ulster Minor Championship. And, you know, that could have been, could have been the end for, for, for most managers, but the, uh, the county board stuck with them. And as he said himself, when they lost the 97 Minor Final, he thought that was the end of it. And uh, I think it was Stephen O'Neill and Brian McGuigan talked him around. So, look, that man, that year with Paul McGuire in 97, tragically, Dan and, and as you alluded to there too, it's just a number of tragedies right along the way. You just couldn't, you couldn't, as you said, you just couldn't make it up what what this man has had to endure. And as I say, behind it all, football has kept him strong. I'm sure too. He said that himself. Football is a major part in his life, and um, he seems to have come out the other side of it. And uh, you know, brought brought these teams. He he, he reinvented. He, he produced two or three different types. Three, two or three different Toulon senior teams during his tenure, and each one of them, as I say, were, were challenging every year. They were never outside the top three, top four in the country. I know, unfortunately, uh, in Toulon, if as the man says, you, you create a monster, you have to feed it, and uh, you know that's the way that's the way Toulon supporters are now. Or or Ulster titles, it's, it's it's down the road, down in Dublin, where you want to be. And you know, Toulon enjoyed a lot of good days out there, and in recent times. A lot of good times as well, and I've no doubt them times are around the corner again. But um, you know what Mickey has done is, you know, there'll never be—I don't think there'll ever be anybody have a throne job as long as that. And uh, put it like this: if, if the next man in or the next couple of managers that come in, if they can achieve half of what he has achieved, well, then we are in for um, for a lot of good good summers ahead. Yeah, Damien, uh, Mickey, I suppose. At a time when it wouldn't have been uh, popular to be so, Mickey never had his faith, never had his beliefs, uh, and those were very, very important and, and were central to the type of man that he was or is. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, I think it was never more um, maybe properly manifested than the than the suppose from turning up at the Drone and Donegal McKenna Cup match. The Sunday after he buried his his daughter, you know, uh, sure. um, I remember I remember that game was frozen out of home. I think the match right. was was totally unplayable, no one due to frost. 
Uh, I remember going down to Eden Dark. I was PRO at the time. I remember going down to Eden Dark pitch, and I think it was maybe John McKeon or some or John uh, Devlin, maybe somebody was coming off the field, checking it to see what sort of shape it was in, and it was like very touch and go. Um, well, the game's going to go be played. I remember the Donegal team was out on the pitch doing their warm up, and they were just shaking their heads. They're thinking this game can't go ahead. This this pitch is is so dodgy. Jim McGuinness spent 20 minutes complaining about the setup and the field and everything else. And Mickey and the lads come walking out of the bus that day because I think I'm right in saying that, that was the time that Eden Park had no change rooms because the pavilion had been burnt down. Um, but he arrived out of the, the bus, walked out onto the field, and Jim McGuinness just, you know, the, put the complaining to the side, never even spoke. It was basically, you know, a handshake and, you know, they exchanged words, obviously, and commiserations with Mickey and they played the game and Jim McGuinness never opened his mouth for the rest of the time he was there but it just shows you the the uh, sort of the reverence that he had for Mickey and the fact that he, he was out and he was able he was strong enough to go and pick a team to manage the team to make the changes were required to win the point the match actually by a single point I think in the end um, over Donegal um, and that takes great courage and great you know great levels of reserve that you don't think very many people actually have, um, but it was a, a hugely emotional occasion for everybody that was at it, um, uh, and a remarkable achievement really for a man to, to go to go out and, and pick a team and put it, put it out on the field that day and do what they did and win the game. Um, so it was a, it was one of those you had to be there moments really, um, but for me that's probably the most one of the most remarkable, I suppose, challenges that I have ever seen him. And you can set your all Ireland to the side. I think that, that occasion was quite remarkable that day in Eden Dark. It was a difficult, it was a huge, huge challenge for him. And I mean, a lot of people, I remember the response to the throne supporters there too that day. It was, it was moving, it certainly was. But was, the other one, uh, uh, Noel, we're all there as well. And it was, uh, was Killarney in, in 2012 as well. After the game was over, the, 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 the reception that man got after, after that game was over in Killarney that day. And I say we were on the bus and he couldn't get out of the place because there was that many people who wanted to talk to Mickey Hart and wanted to, you know, shake his hands. And these are people who absolutely revere Gaelic football to the, you know, as much as thrown people do. Uh, and it, another remarkable occasion. Um, but just shows you the reverence that they, they held him with and, and, and still probably do. Yeah. Molly, you did mention Killarney there, obviously, Kerry. Uh, Throne and Kerry, I'm just thinking back there from Mickey Force took over 2002, late 2002 when he became, you know, an Armagh with a force in Ulster and we're building, building to become a force in Ireland as well. Dublin were still a huge force in, 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 the, in the competition and Kerry, of course. And those three, along with Throne, moved Gillick Games to, to a new level of intensity and certainly managed to a new level of competition and competitiveness. And, uh, you know, those, those years were probably, when they look back at it, they talk about Kerry's golden years way back, but those were golden years for the GAA, that 2002 to 2010 period. Aye, uh, un, unreal when you reflect back. Funny, I was talking to Eamon O'Hara just last week, and that was my first first drone game in Croke Park, was against Sligo in 2002, drone senior game, that is. And obviously, I was just lamenting that Eamon had ruined it for me, but even <laughs> even the boys have gone down and, and seeing Trump playing that day and then what unfolded on the years after that between obviously Trone Armagh, those Trone Armagh games, the Trone Dublin games, even even in, in five and eight and, and the likes of Trone Kerry games. It was it was unreal for a young fella and the impact it had on, on my generation was is uh, it's obviously Younger generations are still still coming in waves because of it. Like so, it was it was a deadly time and, and deadly time for Trump people. And uh, it's it's a it's a period of time you'll reflect fondly on. But as Kevin said, you would you would hope to recreate fairly soon as well because of the work Mickey's done. Yeah, there's no question on that. I'm well, just thinking, Kevin, there. Uh, Brian McAdoff was telling me he he's uh, somebody contacted him and asked him about putting flags out next weekend. As a tribute to Mickey Hart over over the uh, what he's done for, for, for next weekend. And Barry says some very, very quiet, humble people have asked him. So he happened to, to tweet it and he says, 
uh, it's a he never got anything retweeted as much as that that one message. He says, but he did get one or two people who who weren't that impressed with, with Barry's idea. And Barry, I said to him, Barry, this is very easy. They can put out no flags the following weekend, sure, and they can be as grumpy as they like, and we'll leave it at that. That way, everybody's happy. <laughs> well, from the I suppose Barry, he, um, some of the people maybe were, were looking maybe to put out a bit of blue on the red and white flag as well. Maybe that was the sort of clientele he was talking to. But uh, the people of France. No, leave, leave it to leave it to uh, leave it to Barry to come up with with a fresh idea. And uh, so why not? Sure, it's, uh, it's next weekend. We're we're not doing that. Me, you, and Damien will be washing our hair. So well. Uh, <laughs> With nothing else to do, but uh, but Mary's no, good idea. But hey, so funny, this <laughs> wee thing you, you mentioned there about the golden page for Tyrone, obviously at senior level 202 to 210, which was, was, was brilliant. But don't forget, and this man here played a major role in it. You know, Tyrone, Tyrone won three all Ireland minor titles during that time as well the 04, 08, and 10. And, and uh, you know, um. Like the last time Tyrone won the All Ireland Senior 2008, Matty, Petey Hart, and them lads were, were winning the All Ireland Minor. So, you know, there's a good balance there. This Tyrone team, I think, uh, com- completely off a different level here. But I just think that, you know, Mickey, Mickey leaves uh, Tyrone Senior squad in a very, very good place. I think that, uh, you know, apart from Colin Cabin, obviously retired there before the Champions have started. But apart, apart from, from, from Colin, I think all the rest of the lads, because the, the, the lads from that 2008 minor team hitting 30 now, whatever. So they're only, they're only young lads, and, and uh, you know, there's a freshness coming in there. You know, Connor McKenna is going to bring something different to it. You have obviously Dara Canavan coming into the squad. There's going to be all lads on earth. Gavin McShane will be back next year. I, I think that uh, the Tyrone mm-hmm. senior squad in 2021 is in a very good place, and um, I've no doubt there'll be challenged again next year. Like we were in Bali Buffet that day, and you know there was nothing between the two teams. Donegal be forced to admit that as well. Like Tyrone missed a couple of chances. There was a ball that it didn't go over the line. Was touched on the line, you know, touched on the ground. Uh, a couple of frees were brought in. That was the only difference in the two sides. And you know, as Donegal showed on Saturday, um, there's no doubt that you wouldn't hear from them at the time, but they regarded that as also the final and. Um, I can't see Donegal slipping up now after beating Tyrone. They're not going to let an Ulster title slip from their grasp. And um, but as I say, that that Tyrone team that was beat a couple of weeks ago in Bally Buffet are every bit as good as Donegal. And um, I think next year, whoever is in charge is Mickey has left them left everything in a good place. And hopefully, Matty there will be the leader again. And and Tyrone will um, take it to another level again in 2021, Noah. Can, can I just check with you, Matty, um, just on next year, um, any rumours that, that the fact that, you know, I don't know, Liam Donnelly's moved from 50 to 1 into 25 to 1. Is there, <laughs> is there, any, is there, is there smart money in Trillac on, on, on Liam Donnelly? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, I think he's in the, in the same boat as Kahneman on that one. Um, for now, but uh, if we could manoeuvre something, if we could get infiltrate the the management committee, we could we could work something. Kali Kavno was actually on to me last week. He's at fifty to one. <laughs> he's looking to know if it any if it any inside uh, influence, but I'm I'm torn now. Does Kali fancy his role? Maybe a part time player manager. Is that what Kali would be looking at? We come back and play for the McKenna Cup the ten minutes. I could do a lot worse now. Could do a lot worse. It'd have been very useful in Bala Buffet that day. Ah, uh, day was made from. Ah, yeah. yeah. As captain, I mean, I think some of us may have captain teams in the past, uh, but the role of captain has changed over the years. You know, uh, how how important was it? You know, first of all, obviously a great honour to be to be captain of your county. But the role, how how did you see the role, and how was it uh, in terms of linking with Mickey and dealing with? Uh, you know, that's issues between the players and management, but conveying thoughts and, and expressions from from players to management. I will, there's a lot more to it, obviously, than than taking the toss and 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 showing up and playing the Sunday, like the Monday, the Monday to Friday is is the hard part, I would say, and you you definitely have to be you have to be fairly 
clued in, clued in definitely, and pick up on things. And you have to, or I would have. I'm not saying you have to, but my my view on it was to mm-hmm. to try and be that link between the management and the players, and as I say, just be that sounding board. And obviously, you keep a you keep an eye out for players and and how they're getting on. Because I say, uh, as we referenced earlier. Like intercounty football in this day and age is is highly scrutinised and it brings its own pressures and you just have to you have to keep an eye out for that and and certainly just having relationships with the players but also also the management was was very important and that took on many forms throughout the week um, but it was something that, that was made easy because Mickey Mickey was obviously open to that and and seek the the input and that that communication so. There's a lot. There's definitely a lot more to it, but obviously, uh, the priority you have to you have to have your own house in order as well, and, and make sure you're you're in shape and and maybe train train a few nights hurt when you when you're maybe not fit there. But there's things you got. You definitely have to you have to look after your own input first. But certainly on the periphery, there's a lot of there's a lot of unseen work required. I'm just thinking on, on, that, on that subject. Sorry, Matty. This time this time twelve months ago. Uh, things weren't weren't looking that good for yourself. You had a very serious injury. Um, you needed an operation, and you know it looked a long road back to full recovery. But you must be obviously not with the result in the championship. But you must be delighted yourself the way you've recovered from the injury. You seem to be firing all cylinders. I am. I'm definitely. Definitely proud of the levels I got back there. Like I did reach high levels, but I, there's still there's still work there to do, and and obviously to to go up another another notch or two and and cement the good work I've done. Like it's still you're still putting out fires now and again and keeping it at bay, and especially with the condensed season. But I'd be fairly proud of the fact, obviously, that I came back and I didn't miss a minute of club training or a minute of club games, and likewise for county. So. That that was something that uh that I was fairly proud of given given the injury and I'd built up that robustness again. But yeah, there's just a few things you I just have to cement and, and hopefully kick on again kick on again at the start of next year. But happy, happy to have got it over or got over the worst of it, definitely. Yeah, if you look at the other sports and soccer particularly, a number of players there because of the change in their the way the season worked for them. We picked up quite long-term and serious injuries. I mean, Tromer, I suppose, were fortunate enough that uh, they, they, they didn't uh, pick up a, you know, too, too many difficult uh, situations in terms of injury. Definitely, I suppose we didn't we didn't lose many when we when we came back. Now, a lot of boys came back probably with niggles and that from the club season, and and then you had the whole COVID thing and. and you know, we're different boys are isolating and things. So we actually only got probably two weeks of training with, with thirty plus boys on the pitch. And but in terms of um injuries and, and muscle muscle injuries when, when we rejoined the squad we we coped well because the transition was managed well by the management and, and Johnny. Well come here when you when you uh, just again taking you back to uh Mickey uh, I mean, looking at Mickey on Sunday and looking at him a couple of weeks ago, he looked very much at ease with himself on Sunday. Uh, that, that there was no pressure, no hassle, no grief. No, you know, all the decisions had been taken was out of his hands. And he looked almost relaxed, much more relaxed sometimes than we, we would see in there in the, with the tracksuit and the, that wee red picked hat. 100%. I, 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 I thought that myself. And I think he'll... I think he'll flourish as well, and I think he's. I think he, you know, I've seen him on the line with the with the academy squads and that, and he just he's relaxed and he and he enjoys it. And I think we'll obviously. I don't think his input to, to Gaelic is is finished, um, and he's going to enjoy. He's going to enjoy taking up whatever role he, he does. But it was good to see. All right, Damien, uh, uh, Chris Lawn was reading out the season was talking about. Um, Gary having a director of football, Brian McKeever, uh, a period of time ago. Uh, he says that, that a man of his experience, a man of his quality, a man of, of his, his depth and knowledge, it'll be a sin to be lost, that, that experience uh, to be lost in his own football. Do you see somewhere where, where, where Mickey could, could fit in, in in a role like that? Obviously, 
the big counties and clubs looking for them for a start. But is there something there that uh, Tyrone should be considering or looking at in terms of a long-term coaching strategy? Yeah, well, uh, like I, I wouldn't be the I wouldn't be dying about the whole sort of director of football terminology, or I think it's it's a very ceremonial sort of um, position. I think within any county, um, unless you have really hands-on control of everything that's going on, I, I don't see. I don't know. I don't know what that rule is. To be honest with you, I don't think any county's ever really worked out what that rule is. Um, I think he's Mickey Hart's much more of hand a hands-on man. Could I see him going in and doing a job with some of the academy teams, some academy teams? Yeah, I definitely could. I think he'd be much more at home on the sideline and, and amongst the players. Um, and I've no doubt that's where he sees himself as well. Um, I'm not sure about this. I'm not, I just I just don't agree with the whole director of football sort of idea at all. But um, I think, yeah, I think on, on, with a tracksuit on, and then along the line, he would be he'd be a great benefit. And he'll be a great benefit, I think, even to select some of the county uh, management teams that will be just seeking advice and be there for somebody to seek advice from. Um, and I'm, I've no doubt that he, he'll make himself available to any of those um, county management teams in the future to do Nick. that. Yeah, well, not a time for uh, pipe and slippers, I think, was the phrase he used yesterday. And uh, I, I would doubt if, if that's uh, any time soon with Mickey. Where, where, where will you see him, Kevin, uh, in terms of where he goes next after the, uh, the this year's championship? Yeah. But there's no doubt he's going to be doing a bit of punditry with the BBC. I will if you listen to what Peter said. He's going to be trying to get his handicap down to the golf course as well. But um, listen, there'll always be a place for someone like Mickey Hart and GA and. Uh, you know, you don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure Mickey has a wee bit of an idea where he wants to be. But listen, I'm sure uh, there's clubs out there. I know his his own son Mark there, and and uh, Adrian O'Donnell took over the reins at Eric Kieran, and I've no doubt. Um, you know, Mark will be talking to Mickey about different things and that. Maybe he could get involved there. I don't know, but I think uh, if it's not club football, um, I hope he stays within the county. Uh, at, at some sort of level, but um, I've no doubt that um, the, the county teams out there, if, he's, if he was letting his name go forward, they'd definitely be, they'll definitely be interested in him because, you know, not only for for what he can bring to the table, but that experience, he, he just he can't get that experience. He can't money can't buy that experience. Um, you know, a man that has won what uh, six All Ireland titles. You know, there's, there's not too there's not too many about the game that have done that, and um, I've no doubt. Um, while he's very articulate and always has been on TV, yesterday he was good again. But I think, still think of Mickey's uh, places along the sideline and, and uh, being involved with players, as, as Damien said there. I think that's for, I think that's where he where he enjoys it the most. And um, you know, it's it a, it a couple of months now to, to think about things and. He deserves that, to be honest with you, because there's a lot of speculation, and I suppose for a few years there, different ones were asking, you know, is Mickey going to go? Is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? So he's always been his own man. So I'm not going to speculate where he's going to appear next, but I've no doubt it'll be it'll be uh, GEA, whether uh, club or county level. But as I say, hopefully, if it's county level, it's he's going to be involved in some way within Toronto. Matty, obviously you, you and him have a, a very, very good relationship built up over the years. There's an element of trust there. He is gone. He's no longer the Throne senior manager. But that won't, I would imagine that won't stop you, obviously, uh, being in touch with him in terms of your game, in terms of advice and guidance along the way. And, and also, I mean, Damien and Kevin and I would have seen him at every one of the championship matches when we sat at the back of the stand, Noma, sitting just across from us was, was Mickey. Now, I don't know whether he's sitting there hoping to pick up some words of guidance from us, or words of wisdom, I, I would like it very much, but he certainly would be entertained with some of the crack and the sweet. It's still be sitting there, no one will be written on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, Mary, I, I'm, I'm assuming this uh, relationship that you have uh, will continue. Okay, I'm, I'm sure it will. Uh, it was one of, the, one of the things I left him with, obviously, that he, he he'd remarked. That he'd be watching on from afar and, and watching the keen eye, and and I said I'll I'll be calling on his expertise at different times and 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 for feedback. And obviously, 
with my mother's home home place being in Glencoyle, not not far from them, so you, you tend to, to bump in them now and again as well. So no, I'll never I'll never be too far away, and and I say it's it's good to know that that I can pick up the phone and and ring them and and for a chat like so. I definitely will continue on. Uh, well, no, no doubt. Well, Mary, listen, uh, thanks for taking the time tonight. I know you have a busy schedule and everything else, uh, but it's great to have you here with us and uh, to discuss and air, air the views and, and hear the opinions of uh, myself and Damien as well and, and Kevin there. Uh, delighted as we are Monday evening. Gentlemen, <coughs> you'd like to finish up with Mr. Harvey, Mr. Kelly, anything you'd like to add before we finish? I just, before we do, you want to... Mm-hmm. A speedy recovery, and I'm Eugene McKenna was talking earlier today. So, Arch and the men, and we uh, wish him that full and speedy recovery. And congratulations to Roland McHugh on winning the Division Two top scorer. Damien, one or two votes coming in for the uh, All Stars at this stage. Yeah, one or two votes coming in for the All Stars, right? Noel, the, that the voting there started last week on it, and it'll continue for the next two to three weeks. Um, I should say, I did note that your odds have actually come in from 50 to 1 to 25 to 1 for the Throne Ladies job, uh, Noel. I don't know if if you want to let us know anything about that. Uh, I, 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 know the, I know the book closed months ago on uh, the Galbley job, and uh, I know Kevin Kelly's back uh, as assistant once again. He, he's not say he's manager. No, water, water boy, water boy. He's not water boy, but he's back on the line again next year, so congratulations to him and... Uh, I'll be watching those odds for you, know. <laughs> what odds, what odds. Mary, I take it Nigel City uh, will be uh, still uh, conducting the orchestra in Trillick? You will indeed, yeah. Long, uh, long may it continue, hopefully. Good man, a good man. We wish you yeah. best, Mary, uh, as always. Best luck both with the club and the county. Well, that's us for the Monday night for the LCC show. Delighted that uh, Mary was here and Kevin was able to. And uh, we will look forward to talking to you this night week.